Thank you for listening to sermons by Chaplain Braswell. This ministry desires to help people know and live for Christ through the preaching of God's Word. And now, today's message. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, you truly are the only one who can turn graves into gardens. We thank you that while we were dead in trespasses and sin, you made us alive in Christ. Heavenly Father, bless us as we hear your word now. May we hear it and receive it, and may we obey it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. It's good to see you this morning. My name is Chaplain Dan Braswell, and we are about halfway through our sermon series in Ephesians as we look at the mystery revealed, connecting our family to Christ. I believe Chaplain Harrison mentioned last week that over the course of 2022, we started with connecting with your spouse, and we preached through the Song of Solomon. We talked about connecting with our Savior as we preached through the I Am statements in the Gospel of John. And then we preached through Nehemiah, connecting with uh, the community, and now we're in Ephesians, connecting with the family. If you have your Bibles, I hope that you do. I invite you to turn to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, as we look at this subject, revisiting the mystery revealed or the mystery revealed again, how to live out that mystery, how to live out that mystery. In Ephesians chapter 1, you don't have to turn there, but Paul, it's the first time in Ephesians he mentions this mystery, but this mystery is revealed. It's, it's something that we know, and we're going to talk about that this morning. Some things in life are a mystery that, that, that we can't figure out. For example, why is it that when you or I are in a traffic lane, or when you or I are at the grocery store, have you ever done that and tried to pick the shortest line? Like, I'm going to change lanes and this lane's going to go faster. I'm going to go to this grocery store line and it's going to go faster. The, one of the great mysteries of life is how come every time you do that, your lane ends up being what? It ends up being the longest, doesn't it? Why does that happen? I have no idea. It's a, it's, it's a mystery. Why is it that when you wash your socks, some of you already know where I'm going with this, you can count them, you could, you could, you could, you could do a hand receipt for those six pair of socks, 12, you can sign for them, you can put them in the dryer, you could post a guard. We got some people here who are back, by the way. Good to see you back in chapel from doing uh, uh, warfighter and guard duty and all that kind of stuff. But you could literally post somebody at guard duty in front of that dryer with a half a dozen pairs of socks. And what would happen when you open that dryer? You'd be missing one of the socks. I don't care how much uh, redundancies you put in place. It would, it would not work. Why? I don't know. It's one of those mysteries of life. There's... Famous detectives that, that people like over the years that solve mysteries. You've got, of course, from way back, you've got Sherlock Holmes. You have in the comic book series, you have Batman, who's what? He's this, he's this crime fighting. He's a detective. He, he solves things. He figures things out. My personal favorite detective of all time is something from my childhood, Scooby-Doo. And I don't mean all the new Scooby-Doo's. I mean, I mean the old school, there's a laugh track as if somebody's watching the cartoon in the studio audience. That was my Scooby-Doo. I don't know about all these new Scooby-Doo's, but what does he do every single time? He solves the mystery. The good news about this mystery, however, is that it is not something we have to wonder about. It is not something we have to figure out. It is not something we have to deduce. This mystery has, in fact, been revealed. 
as we look at Ephesians chapter 3. We've already said this in some of our sermons past, but I want to remind you that Ephesians, like Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon, are part of what we now call the prison epistles. That is because Paul wrote these letters while he was in prison. They're the prison epistles. Now, what I want to do is I want you to keep your Bibles open to Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to look at a couple other passages of Scripture as we go this morning, but our main text will be Ephesians chapter 3. So I want you to follow along as I, as I read it out loud to us. And here's what Paul says. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Verse number six. And this is the mystery. Watch this. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Jesus Christ through the gospel. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan, watch this, of the mystery hidden for the ages in God who created all things. Verse 10, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. Amen. Today we're going to look at how to live out the mystery. What does it look like to live out the mystery revealed? As we look at this passage this morning, I believe there are three things that you and I can do to live out this mystery revealed. Point number one is this. Number one, know the revelation of this mystery. Know the revelation of this mystery. I think you have notes in the back of your bulletin there. Feel free to, to write notes there. In verse 3 that we just read, look at it once more. It says, the mystery was made known to me by revelation. In other words, reveal means it is something that was not known that Paul is saying it is now made known. The mystery which we read already, is that through the gospel, through the message of Jesus Christ, the Gentiles, and by the way, the Gentiles would be, in the first century, the language used is everybody who was not a Jewish, a Jewish person of Jewish descent, so that's everybody, the Gentiles, are now heirs together with, with the Jews, with Israel, members together of one body, share together uh, in the promise of Jesus Christ. I want to show you where Paul talks about this time and again already in the book of Ephesians. Flip back over to Ephesians chapter 1 and look, look at verse 7 with me. Look at what he says. Time and time again, 
this mystery revealed is that the gospel of Jesus Christ saves, and he's going to go back to Jesus every time. Look at Ephesians 1, verse number 7. It says, In him we have redemption through his blood, that's Jesus, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Now flip over to chapter 2, where Joshua, just a couple of weeks ago, Chaplain Joshua Ellis preached this passage in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. What does he say? By grace you have been saved through faith, not as a result of works. It is a gift of God so that no one may boast. He comes back time and time again to the mystery revealed, which is simply that Jesus Christ has come, he's lived, he's died, he rose again, and through faith in Jesus Christ, we have salvation from our sins. Look at verse 13 in Ephesians chapter 2. He says, But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, have what? Have been brought near by the blood of Christ. It's the same message time and time again. I mentioned Scooby-Doo, that great detective of my childhood. I'll mention another one that's not really in my childhood. It was in my adulthood, but I still knew the cartoon. How many of you remember the cartoon Pinky and the Brain? Raise your hand. Don't start YouTube and Pinky and the Brain videos right now. However, if you want a blessing, go watch them later, because here's the premise of every single Pinky and the Brain episode. They were two mice. One was a genius, and the other was insane. In fact, that's what the intro of the little song did when you when you came and every single episode pinky who, who who is seen as like the not smart one and the the brain i'll put that in quotation marks because he never does what he actually wanted to do but pinky in every episode he would say what are we gonna do tonight brain and brain would say in sort of a jack nicholson kind of way he would say the same thing we do every night pinky somebody tell me what he said every time because somebody tell me Thank you. The same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try and take over the world. Pinky and the Brain. Great show. Check it out. They never did take over the world because we're all still here. We're not run by mice that I know of. So it didn't work. However, what I want you to take away is I don't care what episodes you watch. I don't know how many seasons it was. I don't know how many shows it was. But I can guarantee you every time they're going to talk about trying to take over the world because that was their laser focus. What I want you to see here is that Paul's laser focus is making known the revelation of this mystery. When you read through the book of Acts, our Navigator's Bible study that meets on Tuesday nights, right here at 1830, plug for you to come get into a great Bible study there, we're going through the book of Acts, and one of the things that we're noticing is that time and time again, I don't care if you're talking about Peter at Pentecost, I don't care if you're talking about Philip talking to the Ethiopian eunuch, I don't care if you're talking about Paul sharing with people throughout the book of Acts. It doesn't matter what kind of trouble they get into. It doesn't matter what kind of imprisonments they find themselves in. Time and time again, they have a laser focus on this message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I was talking with somebody one time who was, was not a Christian, and they were, they were in the military, and they started attending some chapel services. And I was, I was very excited about that. I said, okay, here's somebody who's... Maybe, maybe the Lord's working in their heart. Maybe they're seeking, and they, they started going to a chapel service. Very, very similar to ours, where week in, week out, people's going to preach about Jesus and preach the Bible and, and all those kind of things that we endeavor to do to week in and week out. And, and I asked them, I said, how did uh, you like the chapel service? And this person said, yeah, it was okay. But all they ever do is talk about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. you got to be saved. Jesus, Jesus, you got to be saved. 
I said, praise the Lord, because they got the fact that they need to be laser focused on this mystery revealed. This mystery is not a mystery to solve like a detective would have to do. It's not a secret that, that nobody knows. It's a mystery that you and I can know because it's made known by revelation because God has spoken to us and he's told us in his word about that mystery revealed. It is the truth of Jesus Christ. It is truth not so much by education, as important as education is. I hope you get all kinds of education. That'll be great. But it's not truth that necessarily comes through education or getting smarter. It's not truth by speculation, if I can just think about it and, and sort of figure it out. It's not by investigation. It's not by contemplation. If I can just meditate long enough, I'll, I'll find myself, whatever that means. It's truth by revelation. Go back and look at verses 5 and 6 in Ephesians chapter 3. I'll point that out to you one more time. It says, Which was now made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles by the Spirit. Look at verse 6. Here it is again. This mystery is that Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Jesus Christ through the gospel. For us to live out the mystery revealed, the first thing we have to do is understand and know the revelation of the mystery revealed. I hope and pray that if you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, I have good news for you. You can place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Make known the mystery revealed. I hope that you understand and know the mystery revealed. Point number two is this. Point number two, especially for those of us who are Christians, is number two, make the mystery known to the world. Make the mystery known to the world. In other words, leverage your life for Christ right now. Look at verse 6 one more time. Notice I just read it, but it says three things about us as Christians. It says we're fellow heirs. That is, we, we, have, we have an inheritance. By the way, you don't earn an inheritance, do you? It's just birthright. He's saying we're fellow heirs. We're fellow members of his body, and we're fellow partakers of the promise. Thinking about this idea of making known the mystery to the world to leverage your life for Christ right now, I want to walk through verses 7 through 10 once again. Look with me in your Bibles. Look at what he says. Paul's talking about his own ministry, first of all, and he says that he was made a minister of the gospel, in verse 7, according to the gift of God's grace. And then notice his, notice his humility in verse number 8. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints. Paul, Paul didn't see himself as someone to, to boast. He says this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Paul is, as he writes this letter to Ephesus, and remember he's writing this in prison, he's letting them know that he felt like the call of God on his life was to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ to other people. Now look at verse 9. He says to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God. In other words, he says this mystery, I'm here to reveal it. I'm here to give the light. Remember, Jesus at one point says he is the light of the world. Now, look at verse 10. Here's the so that. My translation, the ESV says, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. 
He is saying to make the mystery known to the world. The reason he keeps talking about, like my friend who went to chapel service, Jesus. He keeps talking about Jesus, talking about Jesus, talking about the gospel. The so that is that so that others can too know about Jesus Christ. When you read through the book of Acts, I've already mentioned, it is striking how each person in the story, no matter their circumstances, goes quickly to talk about Jesus Christ and their need for repentance and faith in him. They all point to Jesus. David Platt, a pastor, wrote a book called Radical, and in that book he made the statement, he said, the church, as far as reaching the world for Jesus, he says the church is God's plan A, and he says there is no plan B. The church is plan A. There is no plan B. There is no plan B. You and I are part of the body of Christ, and God has called us to make known the mystery of the gospel. Let me ask this question. You've heard this statement, you can't sell a secret. If someone spent time with you, would the mystery be revealed, or would the mystery still be a secret? If someone spends time with us, would the mystery be revealed or would the mystery still be a secret? I encourage you to leverage your life for Christ, but do that right now. I encourage you, don't fall into the trap of, well, I'm just a fill-in-the-blank. I'm just a junior enlisted soldier. I can't reach anybody. You reach and talk to people that I'll, I'll never get to talk to. You can be used to Christ to make known the mystery to the world. You could say, I'm just a, I'm, I'm a mom. Well, God bless you. You have time to pour your life in, into, this, into this precious gift of God, and, and you keep doing that to make known that mystery there. You might say, Chaplain, I'm I'm just so busy. I'm at a point in my career where, you know, I just, I just work like crazy. Well, guess what? God can still use you as well. My encouragement to you is to leverage your life for Christ now. He says in that passage that he uses the church to make the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places known. He says that he uses Paul to share the light of the gospel. God wants to use you and he wants to use me to reveal the mystery to others. I pray that we do that. And then point number three is this. Point number three is don't lose heart. We have confidence in Christ. Don't lose heart. We have confidence in Christ. Look with me again in verse number one of Ephesians chapter three. I want to remind you, as Paul says, for this reason I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus. Remember, Paul is writing all of this in prison. And when I say prison, I mean he is in shackles more than likely in a first century prison. It also means that he, he could only move around as far as those shackles allowed him to move. I have no idea if that was 10 feet, 6 feet, or was he literally in something like this with his hands? I don't know. But he's writing this in prison. But Paul encourages them. Look at verse number 13. He says, I ask you not to lose heart over what I'm suffering for you, which is your glory. Paul is chained, but Paul is not bound. Paul is chained. Paul is suffering, 
Paul is in prison, but Paul certainly is not bound in the sense of this in no way stops him from sharing the mystery revealed. His strategy in this passage is to demonstrate the paradox of his situation. At the same time, Paul occupies this weak, shameful position as a prisoner. He is encouraging us to not lose heart and that God still gets the glory and that God is still in control. There are many examples in the Bible where God uses someone who is seen as weak to show the power of God. One example I think of in the Old Testament is the story of David and Goliath. And many times, we, 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 if you, you think of that story, you, do, you think of the giant who defies the armies of God, and you think of David going out there and, and, and killing Goliath. But the hero of that story is not so much David, but it's, it's God himself. The text, when you go back and read that story, it says things about David like he's just a son of Jesse. He's a keeper of a few sheep. He's really just here to, he's an errand boy. He's there to, to give food to his brothers who are, who are out there with, with the fighting men of Israel. David's seemingly lack of credentials does nothing but give credence to the fact that it's not so much that David saved, it's that God saved his people. God is in the business of using people who seem like, by the world standards, weak for his own glory. Paul says in this passage, we've already read it, Paul has told his readers that, that he's been the recipient of this revelation. He, he's been the recipient of the message of the gospel and that now he's going to use his weakness and he's going to encourage the people he's writing to to not lose heart. They have a reason to rejoice. I want you to turn, we'll look at one more passage this morning. I want you to turn to Philippians chapter 1. Turn to Philippians chapter 1. And I want to show you another example of this, of this message that Paul is preaching. Because remember, Philippians is a prison epistle as well. So there's a lot of similarities. Look at what he says in Philippians 1 verse 12. And if you don't have it, just listen and I'll read it to you. He says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. There it is, verse 14. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. We can go back to Ephesians chapter 13. Paul is explaining that his being in prison does nothing to hinder the cause of the gospel, nor does it signal some sort of defeat in God's plan or God's purposes. He simply tells his people in verse 13, he says, hey, don't lose heart. This is all going to be to the glory of God. God is never up in heaven wringing his hands, worried about what's going on. God is never in heaven wondering and wringing his hands, wondering, oh no, what am I going to do about that? God has everything under control. And Paul encourages us to not lose heart. One of the things we learn from Paul here, and one of the things that you know all too well, is that in the Bible, number one, but also number two in your own personal experiences, we know all too well that being a Christian does not mean that we have zero problems in our life. Does that make sense? When, when we live out our Christian life on this earth, 
It is not as if God put a no-fly zone over trouble over your life. Have you noticed that? Or is it just me? I have trouble. I have heartaches. I have things I'm praying for. I imagine in our congregation, I know some of you well enough to know for a fact, we're, we're praying for things that, that we're concerned about. We're praying for situations. We're praying for health. We're praying for relationships of people that we care about. We're praying for circumstances that are, that are, that are out of our control. We're, we're praying for our futures because the marketplace just opened up and we don't know what's going on. What Paul's principle is, is that don't lose heart. Verse 13, don't lose heart in the suffering which is for your glory. The great hymn, Amazing Grace, what does it say? Through many dangers, toils, and snares I have already come. Tis grace that brought me safe thus far and grace will lead me home. The mystery is revealed. We don't have to wonder about the mystery. Paul is encouraging you and he's encouraging me to not lose heart. I want to show you one more passage of Scripture and then we're going to pray and uh, we're going to continue to worship the Lord together in just a minute. But I want you to turn backwards to 1 Corinthians 15. I want to show you something as we think about not losing heart and we think about encouragement. I'm going to read something to you from the last part of 1 Corinthians 15. Before I do that, I want to ask this question. Are you losing heart right now? Is there something about which you are discouraged? Is this message perhaps for you? Because Paul is saying, my sufferings are for, for your glory. My sufferings are for the glory of God. So therefore, don't lose heart. All the stuff and all the wonderful truths that's already been demonstrated in Ephesians about how we're God's children and God has saved us and God has loved us and God has chose us. Maybe God wants to remind us today, don't lose heart. So watch this. I want to read, I want to read you something in 1 Corinthians 15. I want to start in verse 50. <clears throat> he says, I tell you this, brothers. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Watch this. Behold, I tell you, uh, there it is, a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. Verse 54, when the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality. In other words, this life's not all there is. Then shall come up the past, the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then Paul says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. We know we have the victory because we already know the end. Go find a Sherlock Holmes novel. You can find out who, who done it. You can find out the answer because it's in the script. Just go to the end of it and read it. You can open up a Batman comic book, that great detective. You can go to the end and you can find out who did it. Go to YouTube and watch a Scooby-Doo video. You'll find out who the monster was at the end. Let me tell you something else. Go to the end of this book. Go to the end of God's Word and guess what? There's an old song that used to say, I've read the back of the book and guess what? We win. 
Don't lose heart. Know the gospel. Know Jesus Christ loves you. Died on the cross and rose again. And be steadfast and immovable. We're going to sing a song now of victory. We're going to sing a song some of you maybe grew up with, uh, Victory in Jesus. I invite you to, when we sing, just sing with all your heart and all your might. And know that we don't have to lose heart today because God has revealed this great mystery of salvation to us. I invite you to stand and let's pray together. Heavenly Father, of all the mysteries that could possibly be revealed, we thank you that you've revealed this one to us. That you have brought us together as one through the Lord Jesus Christ. God, because of that, we're grateful. God, I pray for your people today. I pray that as we live out our lives this week, I pray that we would know your mystery, that we would make that mystery known. Heavenly Father, maybe there's some who, who you put in our path who need to know about Jesus. I pray that we'd have the boldness to share with them the message of the truth of Jesus Christ. God, I pray for those of us who at times can get discouraged. God, help us to know we don't have to lose heart because this mystery has been revealed. Because, God, you are with us and because, God, you give us the victory, we can be steadfast. God, I pray that you would hear the prayers of your people. And, God, as we sing this great song of triumphant victory to you, I pray that it would enrich our heart and bless us as we go. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.